0: Google's teaming up with Best Buy and others to back the FCC's proposed Allvid. Twitter's at odds with TwitDroid and Uber Twitter. And controlling a car with your mind. All that and more this time on Tech News Today.
1: Netcasts you love from people you trust. This, this is Twit. Is twit. Bandwidth for Tech News Today is provided by CashFly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com.
0: This is Tech News Today for Friday, February 18th, 2011. Welcome to TNT. I am Darren Kitchen filling in for Tom Merritt. And I'm Jason Howell filling in for myself. And this is the show where we kick around the latest tech news all day long, try to make some sense of it. It's Liquid Friday. We got that's some right. friends joining us on Skype. Hello Ayaz, you there? Hi.
2: Ayaz Akhtar here.
0: What's Sam? from this Sam old, Adam's old nerd. Boston
2: Lager. Nice. Oh
3: yeah, that's an old uh, old, uh, old favorite classic. that never dies, you know. Ready to kick around
0: the stories? I'm going to kick it. All right,
3: like a soccer player, <laughs> or like a DJ. And
0: also joining us, the managing yeah. editor of in, Editor of Engadget. It's Neelai Patel. Neli, how are you?
1: I'm doing well. I've got a, uh, a Brooklyn Pennant Ale, nice. 55. it's really nice. 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 Actually, had that first one. One I've had it. It's pretty good. Nice. So, I've got to ask right off the bat: Are any of
0: you guys BlackBerry users? Android users, no. <laughs> maybe? Because if you are and you're using Uber Twitter or Twit Droid, you might be in for a rude awakening when you try to. Launcher Twitter services, both of those have been kicked off, kicked off by Twitter.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm an Android user, but I use the official client. Um, but tons of people use, uh, use Uber Twitter and Twitchroid.
3: Yeah, Twitchroid, and, especially. That's a really big client.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. And it's like totally wild. They like just shut it down. Like Twitter was like, they're in violation of, um, of some policies that range from like trademark usage to like API calls. Um, and they just. Shut them down today.
0: Yeah, direct messages longer than 140 characters, things that get out of spec, and um, and that's a real hmm. pain for anybody that might be using this. They they go on to say, Twitter says, oh, but we do this all the time for you know applications that go haywire, use too much data, you know, there's limits on the API, so they go ahead and can those all the time. But uh, these are kind of big apps. I mean, this Twitchroid's like the best Twitter client for BlackBerry, and now they're saying, oh, yeah. Sorry, maybe you want to get the Twitter official app.
2: Uh, I think a couple well, of these are actually owned by the same company. Their Uber, is it Uber Twitter? Is that what it's called? Uber, 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 Media. Uber Media. Uber Media, that's right. And they just bought TweetDeck. So it's kind of interesting to see Twitter you know, gunning after another large competitor that has access to their APIs. I mean, a lot of people were afraid that, oh, well, you can't build your business on top of Twitter. You should have your own thing going. Yeah, but except- if you do, you can get kicked out like this.
0: Right. And it gross uh, you know, Bill Gross, the uh, the founder of the startup Uber Media that's been you know, uh picking up, you know, Twitter, uh TweetDeck and um and Twitchroid, and all of those. Uh, seems to you know get it. That was the whole idea be- behind the openness of Twitter when it began. Was hey, let's expand the service and make it all new and fresh by everybody get access to the API and build new stuff. And more and more, Twitter has said, "Oh, that feature that we that you did, Sumize, we like that. We're going to buy you and turn it into the Twitter search." Or all of these different features that they've integrated into the experience. And now th- this is the first high-profile one them actually going after a Twitter client.
1: Well, so I think one of the, the big, you know, it's called Uber Twitter. And so Twitter has been, I think they're being more protective of their, of their trademark now because mm-hmm. they changed the name. So I think that was a big problem for Uber Twitter on its face. Uh, and the second, you know, they just did buy TweetDeck. And TweetDeck has long sort of gone far beyond what Twitter provides, right? So first they did the columns and they did lists, uh, you know, locally. And then Twitter brought lists out to, the, to their service. Um, and now TweetDeck is actually doing that sort of longer tweet service, where if you're a TweetDeck user, you can post tweets that are longer than 140 characters, uh, and they'll show up for TweetDeck users only, and other clients would have to go to a web page to read your longer tweet. Mm-hmm. And I think that is actually, I mean, that is that is an extension of Twitter that I, I don't think Twitter ever anticipated. So you've got this one company that is extending Twitter service very rapidly. Um, And, you know, they have, you know, on BlackBerry, I don't know anybody who doesn't use Uber Twitter, right? Um, And on other phones, you know, it's it's a pretty solid mix. But these are the most popular non-Twitter clients. So it's kind of crazy that Twitter didn't just call them and say, these are the problems we have, as opposed to just shutting them off preemptively. And that usually doesn't happen.
3: Yeah, especially considering Twitter has kind of, like, the popularity of Twitter and the fact that so many people are using it is kind of built around this foundation of all these other companies creating clients and, you know, innovating around the Twitter service when Twitter didn't. You know, when they didn't add those special features, these companies were there kind of doing that. Now Twitter is, and, of course, they're pulling the rug out from under them. Well, you know, you if think- you
1: look even at the, the Mac t- uh, Twitter client, you know, they took Tweety, they rebranded it, they put it in the app stores um, as Mac Twitter you know, they've taken out the ability to use other link shorteners, right? It's all TCO now and there. You can't use Bitly. You can't use ISGD, which is what I used to use. Um, and that's really crazy, right? And I'm just sort of waiting for Twitter to launch their native image service because I think mm-hmm. that's when the other shoe will, will actually drop yeah, on okay. the Twitter ecosystem.
0: Right. Business Insider that- is uh, suspecting that... Gross uh, from Uber Twitter collecting all of these different Twitter services to actually compete and build a competing network. You know, because once you have all of the users on the client, why do you need the underlying architecture when you could just you know rebuild it?
2: I don't know if that's going to work. Do you think Uber Media is actually going to redirect their users to TweetDeck, or is you think they're actually going to try to fix the problems they have with Twitter? Well,
0: I guess it really depends. Do they have a TweetDeck client for BlackBerry? I mean, are they there alternatives? Make- yeah.
3: yeah,
2: they do yeah, on yeah, I mean, so that. Tweet deck is, I think, actually really good. Plus, they have the HTML5 yeah. version for at least that Chrome web app. I, I think it wouldn't be that hard to adapt that for every other platform.
0: Mm-hmm. Except for the older Blackberries. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it's, it's kind of sticky. I mean, I used to have one of those older BlackBerry curves. Nobody's <laughs> supposed to be using those older BlackBerrys. <laughs> <they're, they're, they're, laughs> there's geez. a ton no. of people using those still, unfortunately. You pointed wow. at
2: people who have them, and you laugh at them. Uh, no, but then the they
0: Blackberry cry, curve. and then you've got a crying BlackBerry user, and, and that's just not <laughs>
1: The BlackBerry so, Curve is one of the best Blackberries ever made. I have to say that. The uh, well, the, like the the sort of last generation of them. Um, I mean, they're Blackberries and they're limited, but if that's what you want. They're really good, and I I think a lot of people use Twitter on there because it's super easy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what are you doing? You're typing in some words. That's what a Blackberry is great at, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I don't know that Ubermedia can can Trojan horse their way into having a Twitter like network. Right, there, there's so many problems with that. Right, but it's uh, it's obvious that Twitter here is being a little anti-competitive. Well, maybe. I mean, these apps could just be violating their policies. Right. I mean, we don't know what the. I mean, the only thing here that seems out of the ordinary is that they just shut them off instead of calling the developer of some of the biggest Twitter apps. But if they are violating the policies, they're well within their rights to shut them off, right? Right. An Uber
0: media rep actually said that they haven't a clue at this point, but they're sure they'll be touching base as soon as they well, can no, dig they're, up
1: they're, something. They're back. Uh, our, our last update is that uh, the apps have been fixed. Uh, tw- uh, Uber Twitter has been na- renamed to Uber Social, uh, and they're like, they've are like they been resubmitted to their respective app stores, and, and Twitter has promised to turn them back on. Oh, that's good mm-hmm. news.
0: Yeah. Oh. Unlike... News for Apple, who is under investigate or might be under investigation for um, the FTC charging. Uh, what is it called? Um.
2: Yeah, yeah. The FTC and DOJ are saying that they have some kind of preliminary investigation on Apple's subscription uh, method. Now, if you guys aren't aware, Apple just introduced their subscription model for for like newspapers and magazines that are on things like the iPad and the iOS, uh, I guess branded devices and. Basically, Apple gets to take a 30% cut of anything that comes in through this subscription model. The weird thing is that Apple really put in a lot of restrictions so that if you have a subscription, well, you have to give them 30% here. Your your other site that actually has it, so if you're like, I don't know, someone like Sony or something, your your subscription business has... To, not business. The price has to be the same or not better than the deal you would get on the, on the uh, iOS app. So the weird thing is nobody would really go outside the app for this. Now, the investigation is whether this is like an antitrust issue because does Apple have enough control over the market that what they're doing is completely unfair? Now, Neil, I'm very curious to see what you think about this idea that Apple has enough control such that they would be investigated for antitrust at this point.
1: Uh, I mean, on its face, I don't don't think so. You know, every time Apple does anything with their market, the FTC and DOJ look into it. I don't know, I mean, we track these little things Um, You know, this isn't confirmed, the FTC hasn't confirmed it. This is sources saying to the Wall Street Journal, they're looking at it. And, you know, I think it's extremely appropriate for them to look at it, right? I mean, Apple essentially operates uh, an economy, right, of apps. And if you look at Android or Blackberry or Symbian or whatever, uh, there isn't actually a a healthy, strong, pay-for-apps economy. Uh, on those platforms. Nobody buys Android apps the way they buy iOS apps. So what Apple does to set a tone and to set standards in their app store uh, is actually, I mean, has huge waves of influence throughout the entire market here. So it's very appropriate for the FTC and DOJ to look at what their policies are, why they're happening, how they're going to affect competitiveness in the market. That said, I I think when all is said and done, they're going to say, well, we have to actually let the market decide here. We have to let publishers say uh, we're not going to pay this. This is, you know, we're walking away from your platform because right. that's that's really the answer. At the end of the day, is you know, Condé Nast is going to say, well, we're not going to pay you thirty percent. We're going to publish our apps for the Motorola Zoom. Um, yeah, that, and, and Google you know, take it has their own it.
2: Subs- Google has that subscription model where they actually only take ten percent. So the real thing right. is, you know, what's what's the marketplace here for this kind of subscription-based stuff? The other thing I'm kind of curious about is this actually going to define tablets or not, considering this, like, if Apple says, look, we're just part of the computer space, you can get subscriptions anywhere, we don't have a market share in there. Mm -hmm. Or are tablets their own device, such that they have a large market share? And then even with time, when March rolls around with all the honeycomb tablets, they probably won't have a sizable thing. So I'm just really curious about all the other fallout. Darren, what do you think?
0: Well, Mm -hmm. LastFM co-founder Richard Jones, he's joining Rhapsody and saying that this is basically you know, Apple saying that uh, that they just expletive deleted over music subscriptions for iPhone. I mean, the, 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 how how are you to compete? And as far as you know, tablets are concerned, um, even the International News Media Market Association uh, got together last Thursday to all discuss how they want to you know uh, use this to end censorship and work with them transparently to. Uh, give them a direct con- uh, customer relationships so that uh, there's fair business terms because there's a lot of uh, concern as far as you know the percentage you know thirty percent is that on top of that, which in some countries can be up to twenty I percent and that's like you know half your revenue. I mean I'm sure a lot of old media is, is used to giving up uh, something along those percentages for a subscriber, but for new media it doesn't really work.
1: Well, you know, but that's sort of new media's fault, right? I mean, you look at how bands make money on last fm and they the answer is that they don't right you have to you have to have like 10 million plays of your song to earn minimum wage on last fm um and so maybe it's not so bad that i mean if we're going to devalue content you know last fm and subscription services they do have a net effect of of devaluing music in some way so maybe this this might just be time to pay the reaper right on on how much we value content and whether that's good or bad, I honestly have no idea. But this might be just their moment of reckoning for how much they actually charge for their services. On the on the other hand, you know that thirty percent—it's not fixed in stone. It's like Steve Jobs carved it in the side of a mountain, and it has to stay there forever. <laughs> you never know, right? I mean, <laughs> people, start, people start leaving the platform. You know, Apple's not going to lose sleep and lose market share over some fixed ratio of revenue that they want to take, they can change the numbers. So I think this is one of those moments where the FTC and DOJ are kind of like looking at it Mm -hmm. and they're like, what's happening in this space? But ultimately, you know, the appropriate thing to do is to let the market operate, because the market operates such that Apple does end up wielding enormous control and taking 30% of all media revenue in in the country. Well yeah, I think the FTC should probably do something about that. Do you think Apple could lose an antitrust case? I don't think they have the market share, right? They have less market share in the U.S. than Android. Uh, tab- the tablet market share—I mean, they have all of it right now. But there are no competitors, so it's—it's it's not their fault that they have all of it. You know, they have to use their monopoly. There, are, opt- there
2: go are competitors. They're just, they're just really weak right now. I mean, not till Honeycomb really right. steps out there will they really have true competition. But there have exactly. been tons of tablets that have just failed and flopped in front of it. Other than the Galaxy Tab, which I thought was
1: actually pretty cool. No, the Galaxy Tab's great, and that form factor is great, and, you know, MWC, HTC's putting out the Flyer, which has a stylus. I mean, there's rapid innovation going on in the space. Uh, you know, the question is not whether you have the monopoly, right? That's fine. You're allowed to have the monopoly. The question is, are you using monopoly to do bad things? And I don't think Apple has a monopoly yet in phones, or they, they don't have a monopoly in phones. It's not, the market for tablets is not yet even remotely established to say they have a monopoly. And... I think it's, just, it's all too early on this publishing stuff to say you're doing bad things. So this is the market trying to figure itself out. Um, you know, and Apple, to its credit, is the one company that has managed to figure out how to make money selling things on these devices. Uh, Google hasn't figured that out for Android. And that's, you know, it's kind of a problem. Uh, we'll see what Microsoft does with Windows Seven. They have a market, they have a payment system, they have all this stuff. But that's it. Those are your players. Nobody else has figured out how to make money besides Apple. Let's move on here to... The Internet Kill Switch.
0: Joseph Lieberman, Connecticut Independent, as well as Suzanne Collins from Maine and Tom Carper, a Delaware Democrat, introduced the 2011 Cybersecurity Freedom Act, which would forbid the president from shutting down the Internet during a national crisis. It also uh, permits owners of major computer systems to go ahead and reclassify or appeal to reclassify to the uh... To department of homeland security whether or not they considered quote-unquote critical infrastructure what you guys take on this
2: well you know I mean, uh, it's kind of it's kind of a nice thing that they took it out of there but the, if, if something horrible did happen just because the president doesn't have an actual switch to turn off everything doesn't mean that you know these these isps would figure out couldn't figure out Oh, we should turn this off i mean if something uh... is attacking the system such that you need to turn off the internet the ISPs might be smart enough to take care of that themselves, I would think.
1: I mean, we've been laughing at this story at Engadget for a long time, right? Because the idea that, you know, the president's gonna like walk into a room and like flip a huge toggle switch is ridiculous on its face. Um, The idea that the president has the emergency authority to say, you know, take this network offline because we're under attack or there's a threat seems to make sense. and that seems like the sort of power that you don't just engage, right? I mean, we don't live in Egypt or, or you know, Iran or something where the, the government would actually do that. It, it, it just seems so remote that, that we had to have this conversation about taking it out. Um, is, it's almost, I mean, this seems like theater to me, not necessarily reality. Because I think, you know, like as a saying, something bad does happen. The president's going to be like, dear ISPs, please turn off your networks. And they're going to be like, yes, that is the appropriate <laughs> thing to do. And that, that'll be the end of it. There's no switch, right?
2: No, there shouldn't be an actual switch, I would think. I mean, but then again, we can... Well, I think a talking?
1: button would be great, like a big on-off, <laughs> a toggle.
0: <laughs> well, President Obama will actually be uh, meeting with Odellini, as you guys know from uh, from uh, Intel chief executive Paul Odellini. They're going to be going over to Intel's Hills, or their, uh, site in Hillsboro, Oregon, to check out their... Uh, their factory there, and dwell on the efforts of Intel's uh, uh, contributions to education programs known as STEM or science, technology, engineering, and math. This is uh, as the White House recently announced O'Dellini as being named the president's uh, Council on Jobs and Competitiveness. That's
2: a that's a good thing. I mean, it, I think this O'Dellini guy actually has a bit of background in. Science, a little bit, you know, <laughs> kind of heads in Intel. But the other thing is, I think he actually has some political differences with Obama in the past and everything. But when it comes to actually putting the time and effort and figuring out how to make, you know, America more economically strong, science is the way to go. I mean, technology is a great thing. The United States has always been very good at that. And to actually invest in science instead of just saying, oh, well, science are for nerds and geeks, to, you know, to have a, a, head, a head of Intel there, I think that's nothing but good news. What do you think, Eli?
1: No, I think it's great, you know, and Obama just had this, this Silicon Valley, you know, dinner with, with all these CEOs. Um, you know, I like the fact that he's, there, there's the photograph. I like the fact that uh, this, by the way, this picture just cracks me up.
2: That's like, an awesome picture. I seriously, like,
1: we had a caption contest and, and a gadget today and, like, all of them were amazing. Um, uh, like, for example, Balmer has neutralized the Finnish resistance. That was mine. Never mind. Because <laughs> uh, he bought Nokia. <laughs> it didn't buy Nokia. Um, there you go. <laughs> Thank you very much. I was waiting for that. I it that. No, you know, but I like the fact that the government is engaging um, with the tech community. Um, you know, the House of Representatives, for this is a bit tangential, but the House of Representatives like, voted to block sort of net neutrality funding, and that conversation is <laughs> happening again. And I just feel like, you know, maybe that's good, maybe that's bad. Um, but I like the fact that the government is engaging the tech community in tech issues in, like, a meaningful way. Um, and I think this is just one more piece of evidence that at least the, this administration and this Congress seems to understand that this is our economy now, right? I mean, if you're going to go after fixing the economy, well, this is it, you know? And you have to get kids interested in, in making things uh, and making things in our, in our world right now means doing science and doing innovation, doing engineering. And that's really cool. I'm into that.
2: Does anybody see the non-story about Steve Jobs not wearing a suit? while uh, mark zuckerberg did while meeting president <laughs> no. obama
1: we have studiously avoided all of the the job stories uh well i mean few. just
2: a suit just the the, the clothing mm. right. uh then again he doesn't own a suit from what, it, what they've said with all these meetings have you ever seen that story where they talk about the uh whole att thing how jobs is we don't even own suits so uh, I, well, I you not, know
1: the old story the old story was that uh when they were they were meeting with ibm to do power pc uh, Jobs wore a suit, and all the Apple guys wore suits because they heard IBM wore suit guys. And all the IBM guys wore jeans because they heard Apple <laughs> were jeans guys. And they all were in the meeting room like, oops.
0: <laughs> and of course, well, Zuckerberg. Never again. No hoodie for Zuckerberg. <laughs>
1: no hoodie, no, yeah. no horrible sweat on yeah,
0: him I
3: either. was going to say, hopefully it wasn't sweating profusely. Yeah, I know He's somebody says
1: who claims to have seen Zuckerberg at uh, like a rock concert uh, in San Francisco, and he was wearing, apparently wearing basketball shorts and a wife beater, hmm. which I think is awesome. That's or it was
2: somebody who looked just like him?
1: Yeah, right? or it was somebody who just looked. Just, but they were very emphatic that it was him. So I, 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 you know, I believe if you're enthusiastic enough, I'll believe you. That's my rule.
0: <laughs> well, I'm enthusiastic enough to roll right into our discussion stories. No ad break this week, or I guess today. We're going to talk about Google, Best Buy, Mitsubishi, Sony, and TiVo, and others ganging up to uh, create a new alliance to defend the FTC's new proposal for all-vid standard. This Allvid is uh, basically a replacement for the failed cable card device. Uh, essentially, it's a uh, device that would allow you to bring in television and media from, from any, into any peripheral that can accept such a device. And, uh, and they're calling it the
1: Allvid Tech Company Alliance. Right. So, you know, Allvid has been around for years now. I mean, this is basically cable card 2.0. And, you know, cable card was a, a massive complete failure, right? I mean, the only real, there's only a few cable card products in the market. Uh, the only mass market one is, is TiVo. Uh, TiVo is it's TiVo. I don't need to go any deeper into that. Uh, <laughs> and then there's a handful of tuner cards for PCs that uh, only enthusiasts buy. So, you know, all of it is like a really great idea. Um, you know, it reduces the complexity of the system. It says everybody has to interoperate. Um, And with industry pressure like this, it might actually take off. You know, my big fear is that it will languish the way cable card languished because it didn't have broad industry support because the only company pushing for it was TiVo. uh, And then all of the broadcast networks and all the cable networks said this is going to ruin our model. You can't have it. And they basically neutered it from the start.
2: Yeah, cable companies right now Sorry, go ahead. ahead. Oh, cable companies right now are not exactly thrilled with this whole all-vid thing being pushed at all either. I mean, they, they seemed like, okay, well, we have our old model, and it seems like if you guys do this, I have to get this quote here. It says, Sony slash Google are asking the commission to ignore copyright, patent, trademark, contract, privity, licensing, and other legal rights and limitations <laughs> that have been thoroughly documented. At least that's their argument, saying that if you try to join together like this and you try to create your own little standard... Well, you're kind of just breaking all kinds of laws. Now, whether the cable companies have, I don't know, ulterior motives in saying this, that's, that's our know, own. Well, you guys can come up with that one.
1: Well, cable uh, TV is, is the opposite of the internet, right? If you really think about it, these guys are running the opposite model of the internet, right? They own the entire network. Uh, they own the broadcast facilities on their end. Uh, and they will, the only thing they allow you to do is lease, um, lease the receiver on your end. You have to get a cable box in and there's this other alternative option You get a cable card, which they don't want you to do They make it hard. You can plug it into a TiVo. The TiVo is much more limited than their cable locks in many ways. Um, so you don't do that, right? They've, they've created a model where you have the illusion of choice with cable card, but it, it, it's not real choice. With Allvid, you know, basically the F- FCC is saying we're going to make you provide choice. We're going to say the other end, the consumer end of, of TV, of your network, we're, we're going to open it up and let... Google build a box. We're going to let Sony build a box. Uh, you know, I think the most interesting company on this list uh, is Best Buy. At Best Buy, they want to sell more stuff. And I think they realize that they are losing out in the living room, that there's a huge opportunity for them to sell products to the consumer for the living room. And as long as there's a block, as, as long as they can't sell cable boxes, they're lose. nobody cares, right? You can sell as many Google TVs or Roku players or Apple TVs or whatever, but as long as you're not in the cable box, most people won't buy them, most people won't care. And I think this is best by saying, this is the last like big retail frontier for us and we need to open this up because we're running out of products we can sell. This is a new category of products for us to sell. And I think it's wild that they're on this list.
2: Well, that, they they do have their own in brand. I mean, their own exclusive brand stuff too that they could sell at Best Buy. Like I think they have uh, Rocketfish, and I know that yeah, Dynex Insignia. Is a that yeah, Insignia as well. Uh, so, so it'll be interesting to see what happens when these giants go facing off with the, the the cable companies. I mean, cable companies pretty much run this whole thing for a long time. So it's gonna be really You know the thing intriguing. is cable
1: boxes suck. I mean, you know, I don't think the cable company can make it like a really valid argument that they're doing right by the consumer all the time. Right? The prices are too high, the boxes suck. I think if you know, if you say to the average consumer, you know, you can go buy this device from Sony and cost three hundred dollars, you don't have to lease it from a cable company anymore. But because you're not leasing it from the cable company, uh now your cable rates are lower and you have access to all these other services. I, I think most people would go in for that because Frankly, you know, even Sony being Sony, I think they can even provide a better experience than any cable box on the market because they're capable of doing it. The cable companies are not incentivized to make that experience better because you can't swap out the boxes. I mean, I've been railing about how stupid the cable industry is for a long time and even probably for far too long in this program. Uh, <laughs> but it's like a real problem. It, it is truly broken. You just have to look at the internet, right? The internet works. And all, at every end of the internet, things are rapidly innovating because if you don't like your Android phone, you can get an iPhone. If you don't like your Mac, you can buy a PC. Um, but you cannot do that with the cable uh, with cable devices, and that is why they, they've essentially stagnated.
0: Well, maybe all of it will make its way into a future television from Apple, or at least that's what Nine to Five Mac is speculating here, uh, based on job postings regarding power supply technology, and then at the very end of the blurb there, standalone displays and TV. TV? <laughs> Apple makes TV? Well, they make the Apple TV, but a lot of people are speculating that uh, or have been speculating for a long time that yeah. Apple would make
1: its own display. This is display. the rumor
0: that never dies. Doesn't this is die. the Gene
1: Munster special. I mean, Gene Munster, this is his game. Mm-hmm. I, I felt bad when we were like vetting it to post on Engadget. to be like, well, we should just call Gene Munster from Piper Jaffray and have him write this post for us. I mean, he's written it so many times before. Um, yeah, in yeah. the
2: industry, you get, to, you get to see that a lot. Piper Jaffray says a lot of things that Apple are going to do. And like, I think he said bold predictions, like they will come out with an iPhone 5. Oh, yeah, that's no, like huge. That. They're but Looking up. at Looking at this job description, I mean, it says that they're going to have uh, more, they need somebody else to work for their displays and television to put... I don't know, a TV tuner or to make their cinema display a television, is that really that far-fetched uh, to anybody at this point? Or do you, do you guys really think that they're going to come out with a 50-inch you know, LCD thing? I, I just don't see it happening. I don't think
0: this is going to be uh, a, a launched next week or anything like that, as uh, some sources say over Apple Insider that we might be seeing some major new product launches as early as next week. What are you guys' thoughts on that?
1: I mean, it, this seems like a pretty ripe time for, like, a MacBook refresh. It's mm-hmm. been about a year, I want to say. I, I feel mm-hmm. like it's also really a ripe time for an iPad refresh, but we haven't gotten an invite, so, um, you know, if they're doing this next week, it'd be pretty short notice at this point. But I can definitely see, like, I don't know, maybe some new iMacs. Maybe iMacs are refreshed relatively recently, but maybe updated Mac Mini, Sandy Bridge processors. It, it feels like Apple has gotten to the point where, with their desktop line, in their sort of standard MacBook line, they're very comfortable doing press release, here's some new images, updated processors. And that, that's sort of what this moment feels like to me. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, the Macs have been kind of languishing. They're a little bit behind in their technology. Just even the MacBook Airs, like, I think i running a Core 2 Duo. Uh, the MacBook Pros are, are, are stuck in I don't know what Core i5s. They can get Sandy Bridge now, because I think even though there was a whole recall on Sandy Bridge, you can still avoid the, the actual issue if you're using a laptop, if you just set it up right. So I think this is probably just going to see Sandy Bridge MacBook Pros. I, you know, I've seen the little. There's a weird rumor out there showing a black, you know, MacBook Pro. If that's going to be it, I don't oh, know. Oh, that Intel work.
1: thing? No, no, no. no yeah, because that, that mock-up thing. Come I can't on. believe
2: that got pressed. I'm just. I, hey, wait a minute. I'm just. I'm just saying. <laughs> relax. Come on. Come on. <laughs> I, your argument sounds very valid and well thought Come out. Come on.
0: Come on, Ayaz. <laughs> tell me now. You're holding out for your iPod na- or your iPhone Nano. You down with this? Or at least that's what the rumors had been until an Apple executive said, no, we're not planning to introduce a smaller iPhone anytime soon. Maybe Maybe just find cheaper components to make a less expensive version.
2: I mean, Bloomberg and Wall Street Journal says they're making it smaller. New York Times says they're not making it smaller. So what do we know? Nothing.
0: <laughs> we know nothing. Well, we've so heard we we've heard cheaper, but then again, there's already a cheap iPhone. There's a forty-nine dollar three GS. Yeah, they always keep one gen back. I mean,
2: Neela, do you think? What, what do you think? You guys have been covering this. Well, I think like what the whole year. So yeah. what, what do you, think's uh, do you, know, do you know
1: what think is happening? You know, you know, I think it's happening, and this is going to sound very cynical. Um, a, very cynical. I think Apple went through a big cycle of bad press in the past few days uh, over the Jobs health story, which. Again, we, we've, and Gadget has been studiously avoiding, because I find it to be incredibly in bad taste, uh, as I'm sure all of you do. Um, but I, I do think that this was, this is a piece of news that was let out by the company to distract from, from that stuff. Um, because ultimately, I think they will make a smaller iPhone. Whether or not the screen will actually be smaller or the resolution will be smaller, I doubt that. I think 3.5 inches, retina display resolution, that's where they are, and they'll just make the chassis smaller around it. But, uh, you know, I think this this to me feels very much like here's this big swirl of bad news. What can we talk about instead? Oh, we're not going to do a smaller iPhone this time around. That's what it feels like to me. And maybe that's too cynical. Maybe I'm too jaded. Um, but I feel like this whole back and forth with, with small phone, no small phone, is it, it just feels like uh, sort of a controlled presentation of news.
0: Maybe they're just making the bezel smaller. At least that's what some... Uh, patents are saying here, being reported over at uh, the Crave blog at CNET UK, two separate patent filings uncovered this week that reveal Apple's work on a smart bezel that could be used for tablets and, a, and on denser lithium-ion batteries that could go longer between charges. And uh, yeah, the iPhone could totally use some longer battery life.
2: Smaller bezels mean more screen. I mean, then again, this is just a patent. I mean, they patented a whole lot of things that they don't actually bring to market right away. Right. So uh, don't expect to see this like right now. I yeah, mean, and I have- don't
0: expect the screen size to change on the iPhone anytime soon just and, and because Nila, of the fragmentation the- that that would cause. I mean, we've already gone through this uh, from oh. iOS devices mm-hmm. from the phone to the iPad and, and the rewrite of the software and stuff. Nobody wants to do that again, especially going the other way with smaller
1: Right well, I mean, you know, if you think about you know Apple files thousands of patents a year, Microsoft files thousands of patents a year, um, you know not all of them get granted uh, if you you know this is sort of just in general, if you look at patents as sort of a window into what a company is doing, you have to sort of get have a trained filter for what it actually means because you know apple's patent portfolio is a valuable asset in of itself, regardless of whether or not it turns into products uh, in you know, same with Microsoft and Google or Oracle or whoever, right? The patent portfolio itself is valuable once it reaches a certain size and you can do all kinds of things with it, Uh, especially in Apple's case when you're suing half a dozen companies for making Android phones, right? Um, So smaller bezel, you know, this is the sort of stuff where you know, Apple has an army of engineers who are trying everything they can, right? It's, as is Microsoft and Google and every company. And they have lawyers who go through the engineering department and say, what is patentable here? What is new? What can we get rights to? And that's why you see all this stuff. So when you say they're working on smaller batteries and smaller bezels, they were doing that anyway. Uh, all, all you're seeing now is evidence that the lawyers found it and they're <laughs> making patents out of it. Uh, that said, you know, battery technology in particular is... Uh, really, you know, it, it's on a curve that's far slower than anything else in the industry. And so anytime I see any piece of news about better batteries, I get really excited because that means the glacial pace of battery technology is improving. Uh, and that's awesome. I mean, that's what, that's what we all want. That's the limiting factor to everything in technology yeah, is, is Absolutely. All right. Thank you so much, Neilai Patel, Managing
0: Editor of Engadget, for joining us today for sharing your insight. Absolutely yeah. Hey, thank you, you for having
1: me. Yeah, it was, fantastic uh, job. Great, great yeah, to be here once again. I'll see you guys
0: soon. Absolutely. Well,
3: uh, I'll be in touch for future episodes. I'd love, love to get you on the show. Thanks again, again right, Eli. The great
1: work.
0: Yeah, talk soon. Bye. All right, bye. And on to the news fuse. was oh, phaser. That's right, the news phaser. The news phaser. <laughs> House of Republicans took the first of their promise actions to block the FCC's net neutrality guidelines today. House lawmakers approved an amendment to a wider spreading bill that uh, stated that no funding including in the uh, included in the bill could be used by the FCC to implement a network neutrality regulation. The vote is on the way uh, to the republican controlled house and could prevent the policy from taking effect.
2: And don't worry, it all gets fun now. There's no more net neutrality talk. Let's talk about Nokia. (laughs) Nokia just hopped into bed with Microsoft. So members of Nokia's app development development program will be receiving some new hardware. Developers will get the Symbian-powered E7 as well as a Windows Phone 7 Nokia device as soon as that becomes available. The real question is, will developers continue to make apps for a lame Duck OS when Windows Uh. Phone is
0: Nokia? It is lame. Yeah, but look at that hardware from Nokia. It's all like, wow, wow, (laughs) wow. More from Microsoft. It seems they're backpedaling on their ban of free and open source apps for its Windows Marketplace. As of yesterday, several open source licensed apps were were returned to the applic to the marketplace with clarification from a Microsoft spokesperson that said that BSD, MIT, Apache 2.0, and MS-TacPL and similar licenses are supported. No word yet on the GNU licenses, like the General uh, Public License. Unless, of course, there is significant developer or customer pushback. So you know what that means. Get all riled Rally. up.
2: Get riled up or get a Chevrolet, which just launched MyLink, which allows its cars to access smartphone apps. So if you've got an Android, BlackBerry, or iOS device, so no Web webOS, uh, you can now control certain app applications using the car's MyLink interface instead of fumbling with your phone. While the concept is cool, a voice control demo did not go too well, plus the MyLink is limited to only... Two applications right now. My link will be introduced in the 2012 Volt and in the Equinox.
0: Nice. You can go ahead and use that with your smartphone of choice, including the iPhone. Of course, if you are on Verizon or AT&T, you got to make the decision. One thing you might want to consider is speed. It turns out that AT&T holds the lead with the speed with 1.8 megabits per second compared down, compared to Verizon's 848 kilobits a second. Mm -hmm. Uh, And upload speeds were actually faster on AT&T as well. So I guess you get to pick if you want reliability on AT&T, or I'm sorry, reliability on uh, Verizon or speed on AT&T. It really does seem to be the...
3: Voice is really important to me versus data, yeah, is yeah really yeah. important it, because
0: to me. with Verizon, you have the ability to make a phone call,
2: but with a t and t you have faster internet,
0: yeah so. yeah, and,
2: and you use internet for things like Facebook, which by the way, you're free to tell the world your relationship on uh, if you're married or if you're if you're in a, some kind of steady monogamous thing, but now you also have the option of saying if you are in a domestic partnership or a civil union, so now you can tell the world instead of just saying. Whatever other label they've given you, so now you have your options.
0: Ah, does it say anything in there about technosexuals? I, I'm, I'm just I think that's that's coming next week. Okay, just saying, man and his android. All right, well, hey, if you were a fan of that service, delicious, Yahoo uh, was looking to kill it, and maybe maybe there's some alternatives to you because Google has branded a new tool that'll allow you to import your pre-existing delicious that's del.ic.io.us remember that bookmarking service from mm-hmm. like 05 you can import them right into Google bookmarks and it's apparently a very simple process you can even back up all those bookmarks if you know you don't trust Google there you go. Don't
2: forget, delicious, delicious is also available at delicious.com if you don't know where those dots go. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, that was you yeah, know, you, the, the web 2.0 yeah.
0: days. You know, yeah, you yeah,
2: there's, it's, there's old crazy. school, all right? <laughs> oh, yeah, I used to know it. I used to hate it. dl yeah. Yeah. dot. I had to learn to spell Delicious. Anyway, the Indian government wanted to, con- wanted to be able to monitor all activity that takes place via BlackBerry devices. However, RIM was unable to provide that data that moved over connections like VPNs. So now India is making a push to get that unattainable data from network operators. So the network operators if they can't get the data they have two options. One, stop their operations like entirely or two, drop the blackberry. So what do you think they're going to end up doing? This could be trouble for RIM, you know.
0: Uh well, I don't know. See how they're going to do the 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 first option. I mean, you can't just peer in on VPN connection. Maybe they could just give it to them. Here's the VPN traffic. Make some sense of it. All right, you know. <laughs>
2: That might be something. I mean, the thing is, Rim didn't want to give them the data because they couldn't.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, they can give them the VPN data. There's, it's just garbage. You know, it's it's PPTP or IPsec or one of those. So you know? they
2: should hire you clearly to make sense of this.
0: Right? Uh, well, you know, I just I'd give them a technical load of anyway. Let's uh, let's move on to kickers <laughs> and weird science. Would you like to let's drive see. a car with your brain?
3: Whoa! Yeah. Sounds like a good-
0: Sounds like a great idea, and the Germans think so, too. And that research has made this possible. There's even a video, and it's kind of scary. What's your take on this, Iaz?
2: Well, you know, I have weird thoughts a lot of the times. You know, you
0: have that weird thought once
2: you're like, I wonder what would happen if I just drove into traffic. Mm. But this would let it happen by accident. Or if you see, like, you know, a a nice-looking female on the other side, you're like, hey, look at that. Boom, you're
3: just running right over. Or what if you have thoughts about... Oh, I shouldn't have that have the thought that is blank. Like is that considered a thought and then suddenly your car does or it?
2: Does your brain know the difference well, between it's it like break and break? It, it actually <laughs> right. it, it seems true. it takes some training.
0: Supposedly, you have to, you know, wear this helmet that's got an EEG sensor on it. And then, you know, after a few rounds of mental training, you start to associate different actions with different commands. And then supposedly you can drive a modified Volkswagen Passat variant three C. Hey. That's what I'm driving.
2: In in fairness, this actually, or actually in usefulness, you could use this if you were a paraplegic or quadriplegic, being able to control things with your mind as something as complex as a vehicle. This would be very useful for a lot of different people out there, Uh, uh, you know, all jokes aside. Well, yeah, yeah, and we hear more and more about this because it's kind of
3: a concept that when you think about it right away, you think about all the bad things that could happen. But when you really think about it, if this is something that's pervasive and is everywhere and we learn to adapt to it, it... you know, at that point, it's just another skill that you have. It's just not a skill that we have
0: fine-tuned right now, but we will someday. Hey, okay, between right. this and robotic exoskeletons, advanced prosthesis—I pro- can't pronounce that. You know what I'm talking about? Prosthetics. Yeah, dude, we are living in a cyberpunk novel, aren't we? Yeah, we're getting there. It's Ghost in the. You still need somewhere. to
2: have a calendar.
0: Yeah. And- did
3: you say calendar? Here's the sound. Yes, I did. The All magic right.
2: word. Right, let's talk about it. what's going to happen. Lenovo is going to launch a lapad tablet worldwide in June. We don't really have a set date for that. We have one gigabit per second. Uh, let's see. LTE advanced specs coming second half of 2011. Commercial application is going to follow within two years. The Samsung Epic 4G officially signed up for Froyo starting February 21st. Yay, Froyo. Yay. Comcast launches its own 24-7 Xfinity 3D channel Sunday which crosses 1 million 3D VOD views. That's going to be something. Uh, Radio Shack offers the HX4G, you know, that super phone that has the docking station for $150 Mm -hmm. on launch day, which might undercut AT&T, which is, that's unusual. Mm -hmm. And Radiohead introduced their album early. They released it early today. It's available right now, not tomorrow. So go get it right now.
3: I already did. They're always going to listen to it after TNT. I haven't even heard it. I didn't want to open that Pandora's box before the show, because I knew I could You're sucked listening. in, and you'd be like, "Where's Jason? The and show needs see, now. I go need going, to update up my Pandora. Yeah. <laughs> Add some radio. Yeah, right. Pandora
0: <laughs> streaming. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> we do have a voicemail here from Bill from Massachusetts with his reaction about the Watson, the uh, contestant on Jeopardy, that beating the humans. Hi, this
3: is Bill from Massachusetts. I was watching Watson over the past few nights on Jeopardy, and one thing a lot of people left out is. Reaction time of the computer. It seemed like
0: the other contestants knew the answers, but they just couldn't buzz in in time. What do you guys think of the show?
3: Yeah, I, I noticed this too, and I actually wondered the same thing. I mean, if, if Watson is waiting for, because you know you know in Jeopardy, they're reading the question, and you can't actually buzz in. They don't turn on the effectiveness of the buzzer until they're done reading the question. But, I mean, couldn't that, like, if it's a computer that's answering and it's waiting for an on or an off signal that says, yes, you can now do it, or it could just press it a million times, the same thing that a, a person's going to do if they try and ring in. Like, isn't, doesn't that automatically give the robot
0: the upper hand on buzzing no, in before a human? of things give the robot the upper hand, but I'm feeling like I might be able to channel Tom Merritt right here in the spreadsheet. It might say something he might, like...
3: He might know something about this.
0: Originally, Watson buzzed in electronically, but then Jeopardy requested that it physically press a button. Okay. Yeah. So, so it still has to physically
3: on. press a button, but that, that signal to press that button is still generated by the computer that knows all the other things that it
0: knows. Well,
2: yeah. I don't That's
0: know. It, it just it seems like managed. it's so efficient. <laughs> of course, it would be so efficient on that. Would like, you get a handicap we... it so that it's more human? Like, I, I don't know.
2: <laughs> so like, yeah. So it's got 2,800 servers, and then one of them goes out. Just like into you know, your brain, you have like a brain fart. You're like, oh, well, that doesn't work. You can't. It's already got an advantage. Yeah. This is just one more, more thing. I mean, I bet it's built in. I wouldn't even. I'm just, it's going to, it's, it's going to kick your butt every time. I'm yeah, just so sad no, that. Don't complain about that reaction time thing. <laughs> <laughs> the 2,800 server thing. That, yeah, that, that's, that's, yeah, the that's the thing that's, that kills
0: me because, <laughs> you know, if it was just one server rack, I could imagine that, you know, when it wins the trip to Disneyland, maybe the engineers could take the server rack to Disneyland and, you know, put it on the Dumbo ride. Cause come on, dude, you just won. You got to ride the rides, right? Yeah. But 2,800 servers are not going to fit on the Dumbo ride. So
3: let's move on to some (laughs) emails. Not yet, anyways. All right, I'll take this. You can send us an email at uh, tnt at twit.tv. You can also actually leave us a voicemail, 260-TNT-SHOW, if you'd like. Uh, John Davis wrote in and said, hello, everybody. On the subject of anti-lasers in episode 182, you guys seem to have overlooked the most useful upshot of this development, and I love this, Shields.
0: Yeah, you know, here's the upshot that I was... there. Right. Well, here's the upshot that I was a little uh, afraid and taken back when I heard this. I was like, oh, anti-laser technology. Now we just need missiles with that stuff. Because, you know, the Raytheon stuff that shoots down the missiles with the lasers? It's like, great. You know, forget the sharks with the freaking lasers and anti-lasers on their heads. We're <laughs> going to have to worry about missiles. No one's going to get along.
2: I always thought you could beat lasers with mirrors. What's what's the big well, deal? Well, it goes yeah, rock,
0: paper, laser missile, mirror, shark with a freaking laser on its head. Oh, that's not the game I played. No, that's not how Rochambeau goes, is it? <laughs> it's, it, yeah, in some places. If that's you want to... If you want to email us and let us know how Rochambeau does go, it's tnt at twit You can also call us 260-TNT-SHOW. I want to remind you that there will be no show on Monday. I hope you guys all enjoy your President's Day here in the United States. And, and Ayaz, I want to thank you very much for joining me for this very special, uh... Uh, substitute edition of Tech News Today. How can people no find
2: the is? They can find me at thisoldnerd.com or pcmag.com. So go there. Go there now.
3: I'm going. All right. We'll see Tom on uh, Tuesday. We'll see you guys then as well. Thanks, you guys.